Fantastic. Great. Well, please take a seat. It's an honour to be here. We love your pastor and his wife. They've been part of our state executive team, actually. Uh, we've been leading the state of Queensland and the Northern Territory for the last uh, little over 10 years. And uh, I want to thank you as a church for releasing your pastor to be part of our team there. We love um, Ben and, and Danielle. And I have to say, uh, you know, he, he, your pastor is very smart, isn't he? Eh? Gee, he reads everything. He knows everything. When we sit around the table, if we need uh, to brush up on any facts, we just ask him because he has uh, the up-to-date knowledge on just about everything. And uh, so you're, uh, you're a great church who releases him to that. And we want to thank you for that uh, this morning. And uh, it's an honor to be back here. I was here uh, almost nine years ago to the day, actually. This weekend, nine years ago, when Pastor Keith was out here, we were ministering in the church. So we come out here at nine-year intervals. And uh, <laughs> so I guess we'll see you then in 2030 next, right, if we keep that same momentum happening. And it will be well, uh, congratulating you on 49 years of marriage then, I think, or something like that. Anyhow, and... Uh, we often say things like, God bless you, you know, and we've sort of intimated that this morning, God bless you. And I think everybody here who certainly has a knowledge of God or, a, or even a partial belief in God, deep down inside wants the blessing of God. And it's become somewhat of a, a greeting almost, you know, God bless you. We hear politicians and leaders say that, you know, God bless you and God bless our nation or whatever. And uh, uh, this morning, what we're going to do, is we're going to take a look at not just where the blessing comes from, because we understand God bless you, the blessing comes from God. But we want to look at the intent of that blessing. We want to look at the final resting place of that blessing. We want to see where the blessing goes. Now, the reason why I'm so glad that you are here, and the reason why this is so important, is because you want to find yourself in the middle of God's blessing. Who doesn't want God's blessing on their family? Now, uh, Francine and I, we've been married uh, 38 years, so we're coming just behind you. And uh, we've got three children. They're all married. Now we've got five grandchildren thus far. And we want God's blessing on our family. I'm sure you do too, on your parents, on your siblings, whatever your family looks like, I have no doubt that if I could drill into the deepest part of your heart, what I would find is a desire to see your family blessed. We want God's blessing on our health. This morning we've prayed for some people and I know that I've never met a person, to be honest with you, who has, when I've offered to pray for them for their sickness, that has ever said no. Uh, even if they don't believe in God, it's kind of like, well, you know, it's a 50-50, give that a go, you know, we'll try anything. Um, people who are desperate will open their lives up to just about anything. And, and everybody wants God's blessing on their body that I've ever met. Anyhow, God's blessing on their finances. We want God's blessing on our, uh, on our future, on what we do, on, our, uh, on the, uh, 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 the labor of our hand, on, on our skills. So what we're going to do is we're going to look back and see where it began. It begins in Numbers chapter 6 and verse 22, where it says this, The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, This is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. There it is, folks. 
The first blessing to a group of people that we find in the Bible. The Lord bless you and keep you. Let his face to shine upon you. Let his favor be unto you and let him be gracious unto you. Now, this is the outworking of the covenant relationship that God had with the nation of Israel. This showed God's heart for his people. He instructed them to seek after his blessing. I want to watch in a moment where this blessing is going. This is so very, very important. I uh, just imagine, uh, hypothetically speaking for a moment here, that Pastor Ben was to buy his daughter, India, a car, right? Hypothetically speaking, right? And, uh, and, and imagine he buys her this new little vehicle and she's so excited. She's so thrilled that dad's bought me this, this car. And of course, dad's bought her the car because he wants to bless her because he loves her and he's sick of running her places and now she can drive herself. You know, he, she can get herself to her, you know, myriad of social engagements. She can get herself to her education uh, requirements to various church activities that she's involved with. She can get herself around. Hallelujah. She has freedom and everybody's rejoicing. But imagine... If uh, that particular daughter parked that car in the front yard of the house there and put up some, um, some curtains and, and got pillows, because all women get pillows and cushions for some unknown reason, put them everywhere. And uh, I don't really know why that is. When I was a kid, this is a true story. When I was a kid, my mother used to say, make your bed, you know, when you get out of it. Now I've got to make my seat when I get out of it, put the cushion back and whatever else goes there. But anyway, that's another thing. So, uh, so she's put cushions in the car and curtains and, you know, and she's taken the keys and she's put them in the bin and, uh, and she's sleeping in the car. And of course, her father's looking bewildered and bemused at what is going on. Thinks, that's not why I blessed you with that car. I didn't bless you with that so that you'd sleep out there and kind of make it a, a secondary bedroom. I gave you that car for a very specific purpose. There was a reason behind it so that you'd be able to get to places and save me taking you in and and increase the scope of your life. But you've missed out on on the ultimate purpose in which I gave that to you. And, and, you know, I don't um, want to speak on behalf of you here, Ben, but I would think that you'd probably say, well, that's it. You're not getting another one. You know, if you, didn't, if you didn't use the first one I bought you properly, why would I bless you with another one? If you're just out there, you know, sitting in it all day and listening to music and sleeping, but you're not going anywhere with it, what's the point? The reason behind it is so important. You, you know why it was given. You know why you are blessed so that you can get in the middle, into the stream of God's blessing. I'm going to pick up this theme. In Psalm 67, because in Psalm 67, they basically repeat the words. I don't know who in this room, you know, is a, is a follower of Christ. If you're watching online, so glad that you're here. We really appreciate you uh, tuning in to us this morning. I, I, I don't know who online is a follower of Jesus or not, but I do know this. I do know that God blessing, God's blessing is something that even people who don't have a fully formed concept of God deep down inside want to pursue. So there may be something even for you. So, so lean in and listen with me here this morning. It says in verse 1, it says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. Okay. 
So that is the, um, the repeat, right? That's the reprise of number six. Uh, that's taken straight out of the Torah, straight out of the heart of God to bless his covenant people. But the next two words are so that, and that gives us an incredible insight. So that, whenever you see so that, you need to look in the Bible and see why it's there. So that you can fulfill it. See, God's about to give us some insight into why he blessed his people. He's giving us some insight into where he wants the blessing to take you, where he wants the blessing to end up. He does that by communicating these two words. So that. Now, if you were writing the scriptures, what would you write? So that. May God bless you and be gracious unto you, cause his face to shine upon you. So that. Well, what would you like to put there? If, if there was a blank screen and you could write there anything that you liked, what would you write there? So that. Maybe some of you might write, so that my grandson might be healed. So that my family would, would fulfill my dreams or, or, or so that I would have enough to supply uh, the requirements of the people I love. Uh, I don't know what your so that would be, but, but I, I wouldn't mind betting that all of us could fill in the gap. That, that God would be ble- gracious unto us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. So that... I really need you, uh, I, I, I hope that you listen in and you lean in here because we're about to find out. This is a big so that. Here it is, ready? So that your ways, this is God, your ways may be known on earth and your salvation amongst all nations. Did you see that? See, God blesses me and God blesses you so that, so that the nations will know that he is God. Now, what's so remarkable, if, if you go back to Genesis 11, right, uh, you'll find the place where the nations begin. It's called a, uh, it's an institution known as the Tower of Babel. And because of man's arrogance and his pride, God concluded in his wisdom that he would create the nations. So he confused their languages and, uh, and they all separated and created their own little uh, nations, their own little cultures. And the world began as, as we know it today, a myriad of different um, cultures and, and languages and so forth. And that was Genesis chapter 11. Now, in Genesis chapter 12, which obviously comes right after Genesis chapter 11, what we see is something absolutely remarkable. We see a man by the name of Abram, who's living in a place of the world where, as you and I would define it today, as hyper-Islamic, right? It's, it's in that Iraq-Iran kind of border, in that area there. And God says to this particular individual, I want you to leave your people. I want you to go to another place. Now, what's so incredible about that is that the nations had only just been formed. This is the height of suspicion. This is the, the height of, of division, right? We've just, we've just disliked that group and we've cast them aside. And we've created our own little group. And so the nations have just been formed. I'll tell you what else is remarkable about, about this for what it's worth. And this is beside the, the, the point, really. But um, this was also the location close to of the Garden of Eden. 
And uh, today, it's possibly the darkest place on the planet in terms of Christianity. Isn't it interesting that the point of man's first defeat will be the same location of the kingdom of God's last victory on the earth? I just find that is really interesting. But I can tell you this, I can assure you of this. God's kingdom will be victorious in every nation on the planet because God has willed it. And uh, anyway, it's from this, this, you know, this covenant of darkness, if you will, how we define it today, that God says this to Abraham in Genesis 12 too. He says, I will make you a great nation. Here it is again. I will bless you. I will make your name great. What I love about this is it underlines the, where the initiative lies. See, the initiative of the blessing lies with him. God wants to bless you, right? God wants to increase you. In the same way that he made this promise to Abraham, and Abraham's name became great, obviously. Uh, he's at the center of all the monotheistic religions. He's at the center of Judaism. He's at the center of, of uh, the Islamic faith. Uh, uh, and we call him, in Christianity, we call him the father of faith. <laughs> His name became great amongst the nations, almost second to none. So God fulfilled the promise. But he goes on and says this, I will bless you, I'll bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And here it is again. And all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So here we have it again, the whole concept of the idea that God raises up a man and says, I'm going to do incredible things through you so that, it's the same so that, that God then promised to the nation of Israel. I'm going to suggest to you this morning, it's the same so that, that he offers to every one of you in this room. God's heart is towards you. God wants to bless you so that. It's interesting that in this day and age, in fact, in human history before Christ, there was no uh, Oxfam. There was obviously no Red Cross before Jesus. Um, uh, but there was no NGOs. There was no sort of non-government uh, benevolent agencies that would go into the world and do what they could to assist pain and assist nations that had been, uh, for whatever reason, down on their luck, so to speak. Uh, none of that existed before Christ. Uh, in, in, in those days... If there was a weak nation, you would annex it. <laughs> if there was a weak nation, you'd go in and you'd, you'd pillage and you'd take whatever you could for your own benefit. Uh, that was the way the world worked. But into this self-serving, uh, self-focused kind of world, God chooses a catalyst that's going to reverse the flow of the heart of man. And rather than pull to himself, he's going to be a blessing to the world. We've established the way the blessing of God flows. It flows from him at his discretion to me, to you, so that it might flow out and touch the nations. What we're going to look at now is what it what fuels it. Okay, I said it's, it's God's uh, volition, it's, it's God's initiative, and that's true. But folks, the truth is um, you can make it easier. You can put yourself in the center of it. All right? you, you, you can open up to receive it. Uh, more so or less so. So don't think that you are not an active agent in this at all. We're going to read in just a moment what fuels this in our lives. And, and we find out what fuels it. We also, uh, I believe, find out uh, where it, what, what its ultimate objective is. Almost the two are the same. It says in verse 3, 
It says, may the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you rule the people with equity in God, the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you. May all the peoples praise you. I want to suggest to you today, ladies and gentlemen, that the, uh, the fuel of God's blessing and the goal of the church and the goal of mission is a white-hot enjoyment of the presence of God. And this is supercharged by the Holy Ghost. Your pastor said before that this is Pentecost Sunday. You need to know that the Holy Spirit is poured out on your life to supercharge this very act so that you become a worshiper of God. Because the more you worship God, it's kind of like the more the blessing flows. It's kind of like you are positioning yourself in the center of this interaction between the, the God of all creation and the nations, the nations of the world as you worship Him. It's kind of like this, this positioning of yourself to receive and then to pass on the blessing. May all the peoples praise him. You know, it's funny uh, how we derive joy and, and uh, a sense of identity um, from something outside of ourselves. There's a lot of people who believe in God, but I wouldn't say they live their life day to day with this confidence, this overflowing sense of joy and identity in, in who he is. There's kind of a belief there, yeah, you know, I guess there's a God. How else was the world created? We can come up with an academic process that finishes up uh, realizing the existence of God. Uh, but to live in this white, hot enjoyment of the glory of God, that is the goal, folks. That is God's objective that this world might know him and live in the glory, the overflow of his joy. I was um, just the, the other night, actually, I was uh, at the Gabba watching a, a football match between the Brisbane Lions and uh, the Richmond Tigers. And the Richmond is, I don't know how much of you follow the AFL, but for whatever it's worth, they are the defending premiers. And, you know, the Lions are the, the young contenders and the Lions won the game. Well, I've got to tell you, there was an overflow of joy. Uh, as a matter of fact, the very flight that we flew here on, on the early Saturday morning, you know, there was this lady there, I don't know, middle-aged lady, you know, proudly strutting around with her lion's guernsey on, you know, glorying in the victory of last night's match. And uh, what did she ever do? You know, I didn't see her on the field. Uh, I, I, I didn't see her taking anybody a bottle of water. I, I would almost guarantee the coaches never rung her to see how she's going. <laughs> I, I would almost guarantee that, that she never turned up for training once. Yet, she's getting a sense of identity. She's wearing the colors of the Lions football team as she hopped on the, the plane there on Saturday morning as we flew up here. And, uh, you know, she's sort of strutting around because it was a, it was a good win. And she is glorying in the acts of others. And I thought to myself, wow. Whilst she, you know, no doubt didn't turn up the training, and whilst she, no doubt, didn't contribute a hand pass, didn't kick a goal, <laughs> didn't even make it onto the field for what I could have seen, um, uh, I'm sure she takes an interest in the team. Because what I found is this, the more you take an interest in it, the more glory that your heart gets filled from it. The more you worship it, the more you get involved with it, the more somehow their victory becomes your victory. The more, the more somehow uh, their glory becomes your glory. 
And we were at a Gabba, packed Gabba with 40-odd thousand people or whatever. Uh, most of them, Lion supporters, all walking out, rejoicing, hugging total strangers in the middle of COVID-19. I mean, come on, right? <laughs> in any other environment, hugging a stranger would be considered antisocial behavior, right? But not when you're glorying in the victory of your team. <laughs> And when you see someone else wearing the colors that you are wearing, immediately there is this deep affinity. And you can hug that person and move on with total social equitability, right? Nothing, nothing strange here. Nothing to see here. This is normal behavior. <laughs> Such is the power of glorying in someone else's victory. And you know where I'm going with this, obviously. Because the victory that we have in Christ Jesus, when we understand what it is he has done for us. I don't want to just be a Sunday, a Monday supporter that checks the scores, you know. I want to know what's going on. I want to know who's who in the zoo. I want to know how their form is going. I, I want to know who's who in the Bible. I want, the, I want to know the tension behind the stories. I, I, I want to worship him and, and become acquainted with him more and more and more every day because the more I do, the more I glory in who he is. There is a weight in this. There's a weight in the glory of God. In fact, the, the, uh, the, the Hebrew word is doxa, and it literally means weight. And it's kind of like this, you know, if you were to put a rock into a bath, it would displace the water because the rock has more density to it. When you bring the glory of the Lord into your life, it displaces the stuff. It displaces all of the, uh, the, the worldly value system because His glory has more substance to it. When we get more glory of God in our life, the stuff that we're struggling with just spills out over the edge. And He does a work in our life that you don't have to do by struggling and striving and trying to get there in your own strength. The weight of His glory, glorying in the presence of God. And then He goes on in, in the psalmist and he, he gives us... I guess where it, it's all headed, he shows us the blessing in, in, in chapter uh, 67, verse 6. He says that the land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still. And he reinforces it so that the ends of the earth will fear him. <laughs> there it is again. How many know in this room that uh, you and I are incredibly fortunate to live in such a blessed nation of Australia? <laughs> This is without doubt one of the blessed nations on the earth. As a matter of fact, I was watching something during the week that, that was showing the, uh, uh, the average uh, GDP per, per person, the nations of the earth over the last 20 years. And slowly but surely over the last 20 years, Australia came from like 6th and 7th and 8th until number 1. <laughs> we are like, from a financial perspective, arguably the greatest blessed nation on the earth. Now, we could, you know, you might say, well, there's another one or two. Uh, everybody will agree we're in the top few. We, we are an, inc I guess, I just simply say, we're an incredibly blessed people. And when you think about it, we're an incredibly blessed church here, right? We, we have a vision, we have love, acceptance, and forgiveness. There's no schisms, there's no hidden agendas. Right? Not, not everybody in this room is perfect. We understand that. But there's a sense in which everybody in this room, or even if you're watching online, if you were to come, you would be accepted because that's the culture of this house. You know, we're, this house is, is led by, by a godly man and a godly woman who have got an incredible heart for God himself. 
And that's a great blessing in the house of God, let me tell you. This, this, this church is incredibly blessed. And our movement, we are part of the Australian Christian churches. And, and uh, for administrative purposes, Queensland and the Northern Territory are, are, are one entity. And we've seen, I've actually got the stats because I've led it for the last 10 years. I can tell you this for a fact, that during the last 10 years, um, we have seen an increase in attendance of 40%. While the rest of the nation's talking about church attendance declining. And people associating with, with God is on the way out. Well, over the last 10 years, in Queensland and the Northern Territory, we've seen an increase from 62,000 to 105,000 people. <laughs> like, that's the blessing of God. Amen? This is incredible. And you and I are a part of this. I mean, I mean this kind of stuff, folks, will be written about one day as an incredible revival of God. That is, historically speaking, significant. And we're sitting in the middle of it. We are blessed. But the incredible blessing, to be really frank with you, the incredible blessing that you and I experience in God cannot be really quantified in the terms that I've just given to you. It's really quantified in the terms that every heart, every human heart, seeks salvation. Either by God or by themselves. The religious use the word salvation, the irreligious don't. <laughs> and the religious, and you know, you might be religious here today, or you might not define yourself as religious, but the religious would, you know, tend to say things like, Well, I'm a good person. I, I try to keep the big ten, you know, the Ten Commandments. Uh, I, I try to, you know, not steal and to the best of my ability, not kill, and <laughs> you know, so forth. <laughs> and uh so God should let me into heaven because, by and large, I'm a decent person. At least compared to my brother, I'm significantly better than him. And, uh, but um, the irreligious don't use the word salvation, but they're still trying to save themselves. For many, it's the quality of their work is the measure of their worth. What I've been able to achieve determines my identity, determines the fact that I see myself as okay, that I have established a positive identity, that, that, that I can feel good about myself. Or if, if it's not my achievements, you know, for many people, it's, it's love, it's relationships. And, and I understand where that's coming from, but it's never real healthy. Because it's kind of, I need you to be together. I need you to constantly be affirming of me because I need you. <laughs> And I, you've got something that I've got to get. And, and once I've sucked all that you've got to give me, I'll probably toss you aside and find someone else. Because uh, I have this incredible need for affirmation. I have this incredible need for salvation. This incredible need for love. And I'll try to get it from this one until I'm not feeling it anymore. And then we'll flick them and I'll try to get it from that one until I'm not feeling it anymore. And then I might get, you know, toss them aside or, or whatever. You see... What Jesus has redeemed us from, this is the real blessing, is that mankind is on the spectrum, right? At one end, it's ego inflation, and at the other end, it's self-loathing. And, and, and all of us, outside of Christ, are somewhere on this continuum between ego inflation and self-loathing. 
And the problem with it is, the further up this end you get, the more you tend to look down on the people who are down there. The more you tend to be somewhat condescending towards others who are beneath you. And there is a subtle arrogance that, that seeps into the human heart as a result of this. But then you're up here and he, you know, trades you in for a better model. Sorry, darling. <laughs> he finds a, a younger, better version or, you know, she leaves you or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? All of a sudden, you know, I had this identity. I had this sense of social cachet. But now I'm back down here. Now I'm back in the self-loathing. Because uh, it was built on this, you know. It was built on what I could get from someone or what I could achieve or my business. I was a successful business person. I'd, I had a great uh, career. I, I'd established a, a, a significant business in the community and everything was going well. And I was able to give to the poor and, and look after charity and, you know, and, and drive a nice car. But then... The GFC hit or COVID hit or whatever happened, you know. Uh, my partner, my business partner um, embezzled or whatever it is. And, and, and I've gone from this sense of self, salva- salvation, self-identity, self-value-adding to down here to this, well, I'm nobody really. I'm self-loathing again. <laughs> the majority of the human race, I hate to say, goes up and down this continuum, you know. Everybody unfollows me on Instagram. Down I go, you know. Because <laughs> everybody knows that what determines the value of a human being today, you know. How many followers you got on social media or whatever. And so we've got all these kids growing up and they're, they're just trying to, to get the affirmation of the crowd on, and, and save themselves, and they're doing all kinds of weird and strange and wonderful things. And let's not blame the younger generation if you're, say, my age or older, folks, because in different ways we all participate in the game. And the great blessing of Jesus, the great news of the gospel, is that we are taken off that horrible spectrum. We no longer have to play the game of self-salvation. Jesus has come in. And he has saved us. He has blessed us. We didn't have to bless ourselves. We didn't have to find our way to God. God has found his way to us in the form of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's great news, ladies and gentlemen. That's great news. So we're not, we're not confined. We're not sentenced to this horrible continuum that, that the world exists on today. What happens is Jesus comes in and and blows out the bottom of the continuum. And you realize, wow, my heart is so deceptive, deceitful. My my life is so self-centered. I'm far more evil than I ever was prepared to admit before. But then he blows out the top of the continuum when you realize that you are accepted in the beloved. When you realize you are created in the image of God and he loves you so much, there's nothing you can do to add one iota to his love for you today. He takes you off the continuum and he holds you in his arms. It's not built on performance. It's not built on the acceptance of others. It's built on the redemption of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And this is why Paul could say, I, I came to you in weakness and humility. Because nobody wants to be seen as weak. But when you know who you are in Christ Jesus, your weakness doesn't intimidate you. You, you don't have to worry about making a mistake. You don't have to worry about looking somehow less than crisp and perfect. It's okay to get older and it's okay to be behind the pack. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because you are who you are in Christ Jesus now. You are freed from the curse of this world. You have received the greatest blessing man could ever get. The blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was given to you. It cost us nothing. It was accomplished for us. I love what God said to Abram. I will do this. And now he has done it. Not just for Abram. And changed his name and changed his location, but for you. And he's changed my identity to a child of God. And he's moved my location from a citizen of earth to a citizen of heaven. <laughs> and this, ladies and gentlemen, is the best news. It's amazing, isn't it? That the one who God chose, Abram, in the middle of this chaos and the division of the nations... God plucks this man, he raises him up and says, you're going to be a blessing to the nations. I'm going to bless you. But the blessing's not stopping with you, son. The blessing's flowing through you to the nations of the earth. And of course, that materialized in the very person we're talking about today, the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that Abram became the father, in a sense, of Jesus. Through the lineage of Abraham, Christ was born. And Jesus became the blessing of the nations. And you and I have been sucked up into this incredible vortex of blessing. You and I have become part of the family of God. But we must never, ever lose sight, ladies and gentlemen, of why. Why have we been taken off the continuum? Why has he shed his blood and spent his life for you and I? Folks... It was so, yes, that we could glorify in it. There's no doubt of that. But so that we could share that glory with the nations of the earth. So that we could take what's been given to us and pass it on. And I know that this is your missions month. I know that. And I'm so honored and privileged to be here sharing you this incredible truth this morning. That God is a God of great blessing. And God's chosen you to bless you, my friend. I don't care whether you're a male or female. I don't care whether you're young or old. I don't care if you're educated, uneducated, skilled, unskilled. I don't care how you see yourself. I want you to know this morning. God sent me here for a reason this morning to tell you that God will bless you. That's his heart. You will be blessed. But don't forget to say that. Right? Don't forget the objective. Don't forget where the blessing is headed. God will bless you so that the nations of the earth will enjoy the white hot uh, joy that flows from knowing the glory of God like you and I know him this morning. I come here this morning as a representative of our national um, missions arm. And uh, I want to thank you. I want to thank uh, your pastors, um, uh, for their incredible heart for the nations. But both uh, Ben and Daniel have an incredible heart to see the nations of the earth um, come into the knowledge of the glory of God. I, I, I know that. I've known, we know them personally. We see it on all that they do. And we know, this, we know that this is upon this church. 
Um, I've, I've known Keith for many years. Uh, the, the pastor before, pastor, um, uh, you, you, your current pastors came, and uh, Ben and Danielle, and, and he had a great heart for the nations. I, I personally believe there's something on this house for the nations. I honestly believe it. I believe God will bring the nations into this house. And you haven't got to be sort of too clever to figure that out this morning. A bit of a cursory glance around proves that. Uh, and this, this, is, this is what we're, the Petri dish of Alice Springs, right? That's what, that's what this place is about. This place will draw many people from many nations to it. So that, so that they might be an incredible blessing back to the nations of the earth. Uh, and I, I know this, this, this house, its best days are yet ahead of it. I know that. Uh, and I know what it's going to do in the nations up to this point has been significant. But I also know what this house is going to do in the nations in the future goes beyond what you or I could even imagine right now. <laughs> there will come a day when if you were told what this, nation, what this house was going to be able to achieve, you'd say, oh, you're joking, you're kidding. But one day we're going to see it come about. Mark my words. Just imagine if this, this truth that we're discussing this morning is blessed to be a blessing truth. Just imagine that if everybody harnessed this and made it center in their heart. Imagine what kind of world we'd live in. <laughs> imagine a world where you didn't have to lock your stuff um, so that people might take it. You had to lock it so people wouldn't put more stuff in. <laughs> That, that, that people uh, had uh, their belongings and, and, and their relationships all not on the basis of what they could get, but on the basis of what they could give. What kind of a world would we be living in? What kind of a utopia would this be? What kind of a heaven would this look like? Well, we can start the journey, Right? I mean, the journey of a, of, a, of a thousand steps starts with one. The journey of transforming a city starts with one. And you can be the catalyst today. God plucked Abram out of a, uh, a really weird place. And God can pluck you as well. You to be a catalyst to bless. You to have a life of blessing. The more you praise him, the closer you get, the greater the blessing flows through you. We, we, we just read that. But let's not forget the truth, that it's blessed to be a blessing. I, I want to thank you for what you're doing. We've already watched one video. I've got another one, uh, again, that just speaks of the impact that you are having on the earth. I'm not here this morning to lecture you, to tell you, you know, this is what you need to be doing. I'm here this morning to explain What's already taking place. This has started, folks. This has started in your life. I'm just here this morning blowing on the flames and encouraging it to become an all-consuming fire and look out world. Have we, got, have we got my video there? Watch the screens, folks. This is just the beginning. Around six when my mom passed away. After my mom was buried, we went to the orphanage. The older brothers were in charge, so I got beaten. I felt like I wanted to like leave this place. 
ke mo tshenologeng ke tlo ba le mela diplotong ha ho lolometswa le ya ka khore le batho ba belogeng ne ba shebile la palesogana le phela bang we didn't have food so as kids we went to town to beg for money no one really cared if we were missing school i would sniff clue if i was in a bad mood but it didn't stop me from being hungry In the streets, they can do anything. Like they can beat you. People rape kids in the streets. The first time I, I met Tibaho, he had just gotten out of hospital from a knife fight where he'd been stabbed down his stomach. He struggled with boundaries. He loved to fight. He respected no one, and he had one goal for his life, and that is, I want to go to prison. Every person was created for a purpose. Rich people, poor people, kids on the street. Children need love, they need guidance. The most important things in a child's group that are not offered in orphanages. We are all about preserving families and making sure that families heal from whatever trauma that went on. They're not just learning academically. They're learning what it means to be somebody's child, how to show up somewhere on time, how to be consistent. <laughs> Many years, I began to see him soften, trust people, and be a friend to others. Ndati hana yima yara letanga tawa inikideka mizizo haga tawa ketawa rubulunche haololo last mawatu ndadi patswani. Ki emuwa la paleswe nting upalobe subi hantu ki kibe ya ya. CPR school is different from other schools because um, the they teachers are kind. They say he's kind, respectful, treats other kids respectfully. is kind and grateful and respectful. goes on because of people like you, people like I, who recognise that we have been blessed to be a blessing. Those lives changed with thanks to people who are redeemed like you, 
who have said, hey, this is not all about me. I'm not heaping up God's blessing on me. It's not about me and mine. It's about what I can do with that which he has given me. Can we stand together in the house this morning? If we could have all of our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Maybe you're here this morning. Maybe you're watching online. And uh, maybe you're sick of this continuum I spoke about. Trying to prove yourself one minute and then self-loathing the next. Trying to establish your credentials one minute. But then when everybody's gone and you're in your bed or you're deep lost in your own thoughts. Do I make it? Am I good enough? The insecurity of that plagues every human heart. Many people are on this constant climb, trying to get there, trying to get there, trying to get there. This morning, the greatest blessing of all is that Jesus comes and lifts you up. He comes and says, I've got this and I've got you. Just where our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if you're here this morning, even if you're watching online, I'd love you to participate. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, you want to say yes to him this morning. You want to say, hey, get me off this. I'm sick of the continuum. I'm sick of having to prove that I'm good enough. I'm sick of relying on the love of people who are constantly letting me down. I'm sick, sick of these constant ups and downs and ups and downs and my sense of value going with it. This morning, Jesus has redeemed you and I from that. All you need to do is simply open your heart to him right now. Say, Jesus, I'm yours. I recognize, this is the key, I recognize I need you. <laughs> That's the key. You can't do it on your own. You need him. The minute you recognize that, boom, he's got you. So if you're in the room, if you're watching online, and maybe you're, pre you're prepared to acknowledge your need of Jesus for the first time or the first time in a long time. I'd consider it an honor and privilege to pray for you this morning. I'm going to pray for everyone in just a moment. But before I do that, I'd love to specifically pray for you. If that's you and you want to acknowledge your need of Him right now. then what I want you to do without any further ado, and I want you to think about it constantly i just want you to do it i just think this is a moment for you what i want you to do is take your hand raise it high and say yeah that's me I, I, right where you are if that's you take your right hand now raise it high and say that's me and i'm going to pray for you god bless you back there somebody else god bless you in the middle there is there somebody else just lift a hand yes thank you i see your hand yes i see your hand thank you yes i see your hand too thank you yes over the back here too thank you you can put your hand down thank you i appreciate that very much is there anybody else? You haven't raised your hand. You want to do so? There's four people. One here and three over the back here to my right. Maybe there's somebody else. Yes, thank you, sir. I see you over there. Is there anybody else? Just so I make sure that I include everybody in my prayer this morning. Okay, there's five people in the room that have, have indicated that. Look, if you're watching online, <laughs> clearly I can't see you. Um, I'm sure you'd be quite embarrassed if I could, but I can't. <laughs> but, uh, but hey... Could I invite you to pray this prayer with me, along with these five people? I get everyone to pray together, but particularly if you're online too, could you pray this prayer? Could you pray it out loud? If you could pray it out loud along with all us in the room, that'd be really great. 
that I'm sure there's a way that you could email or get in contact with this with, with, with Desert Life Church and we'd be able to uh, just help you on this journey. But why don't we all pray this prayer together? Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I recognize my need and my need is of you. I open my heart to you and confess I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin and come into my life. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, I just pray for all those who just prayed that prayer, those who raised their hands, those who might be watching online, maybe those who, who weren't sure whether they should raise their hands or not, but still prayed the prayer with a, a sense of uh, sincerity and honesty. Father God, I just pray right now that they sense your presence coming into their life. Right now, Lord, that, that they know that you're lifting them off that wretched continuum that the world has condemned us to. Lord, of this arrogance and self-loathing, Father God, take it from us now. Redeem us and give us the blessing of your acceptance and of your love and of your affirming hand, I pray. The Lord, even for those who have just raised their hand or for those who are watching online, Lord, I, I pray for those who have even just prayed this prayer, the Lord, that they would right now even take the blessing of salvation that you're giving them and think about who they could share that with. And pass on the greatest news that the world has ever known. Father, I pray for everybody uh, in the room. God who sits under this outpouring of your blessing. Father God, I pray that we wouldn't store it up in tanks in our backyard. <laughs> but Father God, that we'd be proactively on the lookout to be men and women who shoot the blessing of God at our fellow humanity. Licensed 007s as it were, licensed to give life, the life that's been given to us. I pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Just before I hand it back to you, Pastor, could I just say one last thing? Um, tonight, I'd love you. I don't know what you're doing tonight. I don't know what's on in the Alice tonight. But, but I know that we're on here. And, and I'm going to make a really kind of bold statement that I'm going to then um, uh, ask you to hold me accountable to. Um, uh, tonight, I'm going to preach a message that will tell you how to get what you want. Now, that's a big statement. And some of you are thinking, that's the biggest oversell of a sermon I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and I actually admire your healthy cynicism. And so tonight, I'm putting up the proposition that if you come, I'm going to tell you God's word, how to get what you want. If I don't, and if I don't hit the target, right, you can stone me like any false prophet should be stoned, right? There's plenty of rocks around here. You'll be able to find them, and, uh, and I will submit myself to your discipline, okay? So I've made the statement. You come back tonight, and you can judge whether or not I've delivered on a significant phrase, on a significant statement. And as I said, you possibly think that's the biggest oversell of a sermon you've ever heard. And I understand that. So all I can ask you to do is come back tonight and give me 30, 35 minutes to share with you some incredible truths. And then you decide whether or not. And if the answer is no, come and slap me afterwards. God bless you. Thanks for being here. <laughs>